Hello everyone, my name is Celeste and you're listening to Astrofic, the podcast where we apply astrology to our favorite fictional characters to figure out why they're like that. For our inaugural episode, we'll be applying astrology to the titular character Kuso Psyche from The Disastrous Life of Psyche K. But first, let me explain briefly how this works and who I am. I'm Celeste. I've been studying astrology off and on for about five years now, but it's always been in my life. Within the past couple of years, I started practicing the art of reading birth charts, and this podcast is just another tool to help me apply and familiarize myself with everything that I've learned. And I really hope that you learn something too. For this podcast, I use the whole sign house system because it's simpler than other house systems, and I'm still getting a grasp on the houses and what they really truly represent in terms of human life. When it comes to what birthday I use for the characters, I will use canon birth dates if they exist just to make it more challenging for me to make it work with the characterization in the media. But before we get started, let's go ahead and take a little break for our advertisements. And that brings us into the meat of the episode. As I said, we'll be discussing Kuso Psyche, whom I am just absolutely obsessed with at the moment. I've seen Psyche K like six times now. If you haven't seen it though, be warned that there is some problematic representation of people of color, but overall it's just a fun, absurdist sort of anime. Kuso's canon birthday is August 16th. We hear this a couple times throughout the anime. This makes him a Leo, which to me is probably the most opposite of his character you could get. Leo is described as craving attention or the spotlight for what they do, aka the exact opposite of what Kusuo actually wants for himself. However, because it's his sun sign, I can make the argument that although he might not want this attention, it doesn't mean that the attention he garners is unfounded. We see, especially at the end of the anime, that Kusuo's friends fucking adore him. He just thinks he doesn't deserve their love and friendship. I'll circle back to that mindset he has later when we talk about some of the minor placements I've given him. With his controversial sun sign out of the way, let's talk about the rest of his big three. I've given Kusuo a Taurus moon. The moon sign not only represents your emotions and your inner world, but also your mother. Kusuo's mother is a Taurus born May 14th, which I only confirmed when writing the script for this episode. And (laughs) she sure is a Taurus. Stubborn, but incredibly loving and adoring from that Venus influence. Getting back to Kusuo and his inner world and emotions, he is incredibly closed off. It's not that he's detached from his emotions, like an air moon would be. He just doesn't like showing, revealing his emotions to others. To him, it's a vulnerability he can't afford. He's also rather stubborn about his first impressions of people, aka how their thoughts make him feel, which makes sense. I mean, he is a psychic. Now, his rising sign. This may be my personal bias and my adoration for the character shining through, but I really think Kusuo is an Aquarius rising. 
unlike his brother, Kusuo actually does care about humanity as a whole. He brainwashed the entire world just so he can keep his pink hair and antenna. If that's not the most quirky Aquarius thing you've ever heard, I don't know what is. To Kusuo, whose entire existence is weird or unusual, the idea of being an extremely average person is the most Aquarian thing he can do. No one tries to be average. He is blazing his own path as an Aquarius rising is wont to do. Since he's an Aquarius rising, Kusuo's first house is also an Aquarius. This makes his Leo sun sit directly opposite from his rising, which I think is very fitting. His sun sign is in the seventh house of long-term relationships and such, making him shine in relationships in a way he doesn't anywhere else. And because of his feelings about being in the spotlight, as well as his elementary school backstory we find out in season two, I've also put his Kiron placement in the Leo seventh house. He's been told and understood from a very early age that anyone finding out about his psychic abilities could be disastrous for him. He'd be directly in an international spotlight and people would suddenly have all these desires and demands for him. Exactly what he doesn't want. Not everyone is out to hurt you and what happened in elementary school could be brushed off as simply a childish mistake. I also think that his sun sign being directly opposite his rising is very important to his character. His ego and what he wants and what he thinks he should want are all kind of constantly at war with each other. His mind is always in conflict and the conflict changes every second based on what the people around him are thinking. I bet it's like super confusing for somebody to figure out who they are when you can hear everybody else around you trying to figure out who they are at the same time. Starting from the outer planets and moving inward, Uranus would have been in Aquarius when Kusuo was born. In modern astrology, this would be considered his ruling planet. Uranus is a planet of rebellion and cataclysmic change. With Uranus, things kind of happen all at once. Since Uranus rules an air sign, it has that quick moving air mind, but it doesn't really think long term. We see this in any of the dozens of little mistakes in which Kusuo makes his own life harder by not thinking more than a few moments ahead. It would also be sitting in his first house, which contributes to his ever-changing perception of himself and the way that he thinks others perceive him, or the way that he wants others to perceive him. Moving on to more of the personal-ish planets, I gave Kusuo an Aquarius Jupiter. Jupiter is the planet of expansion and is described by many astrologers as having some sort of like Midas touch energy, turning everything it comes into contact with into gold. Kusuo certainly has this ability and mindset, especially when it comes to people being themselves. He goes out of his way to make it okay for students to have jobs, for example, and he'd rather have people like Teruhashi just be who they truly are instead of putting on a front for others. I also gave him an Aquarius Jupiter because I feel that when Kusuo is himself, his entire life expands. Instead of being the average student who just goes to school and goes home, he begins to make friends and gets invited to social gatherings by just being himself. 
And I think that's really important, especially to somebody's self-esteem as they're growing up. His second houses of finances and such is in Pisces, which shines through when he uses his powers as 100 yen man to get cash in a pinch. Pisces is the mutable water sign, and having his second house be in this sign makes everything that the second house rules over kind of wishy-washy, easily changing, or I should say easily adaptable to suit whatever Kusuo thinks or believes that he needs or wants at that moment. The second house, along with, you know, general finances, values, assets, financial security, money, and stuff like that, it also rules self-worth and skills. Kusuo is very adaptable when it comes to applying his very specific skill set to a variety of situations. And his self-worth, it's not entirely concrete. It's not entirely set in stone. His self-worth fluctuates almost daily. And as he begins to grow these relationships in his life, his self-worth becomes almost dependent on what he can do for others without them knowing it was him. Until at the very end of the anime, we see that his friends don't actually care at all what Kusuo can do for them or what he can't do. They just like hanging out with him. That's something Kusuo could never really understand until the end of the anime. Moving on to Kusuo's third house of communication in Aries. I've put his Saturn in this house because he's typically very stoic and doesn't really want to or feel the need to communicate with others, and Saturn is the planet of restriction. However, since it's in Aries, he does lose his cool sometimes and can explode on people, as evidenced by when his grandfather was talking shit about his dad. Saturn is also the planet that rules over time, which I think affects Kusuo by his communication typically being short, staccato esque statements. And until the end of the anime, he doesn't ever actually say words out loud. He just uses his telepathy to communicate because he deems it less time-consuming. In traditional astrology, this Saturn in Aries' third house would be Kusuo's ruling planet. And considering it's not just his powers he's restricting himself on, but also his connection and communication with others, it's pretty fitting. Not to mention that the third house rules over siblings, and Kusuo's relationship with Kusuke is fiery and rocky at the best of times. They really have that airy sense of competition and urgency to the relationship. The third house is also said to rule over short distance travel, and Aries being the most impatient of the zodiac, it is fitting that Kusuo's only form of travel is his teleportation. Lastly, the third house also rules over behaviors, habits, thoughts, patterns. Kusuo can be kind of like overly productive to the point of self-detriment. Like, I don't want to say self-harm necessarily. It's just that he overworks himself. He works himself to the bone sometimes. Like, he pretends he's lazy or whatever, but he's not. He has very strict morals and guidelines that he follows and when people are in trouble, he'll pretend that he's bothered by their trouble, but he'll do everything he can to go out of his way and help them. He'll make up any excuse. Now into the fourth house of family, home, private life, and the mother. 
in Taurus. If you recall, I put his moon sign in Taurus, so it is in this house. This is the house traditionally ruled by the moon, so despite it being in Taurus, an earth sign, the moon is still fairly comfortable in Kuso's chart. This adds to the relaxation Kuso feels being at home. It's his safe space unless there are bugs present, then it's his worst space. And the moon is present? Kusuo can act on his feelings a lot, but we, the audience, are acknowledged voyeurs of his life, and I can certainly tell he's much more emotionally driven than he thinks. Because the fourth house is in Taurus, he is also an extremely private person. His private life is his private life. And there are multiple characters that reference this throughout the series. This is, is especially relevant when his friends try to throw him a surprise birthday party, but they got the date wrong and <laughs> were trying to throw him a party in April. <laughs> at that point, they had known him for at least a semester, so the fact that they didn't know his birthday was like kind of wild. With a fourth house in Taurus, this makes Kusuo see his family as a very sturdy, consistent presence in his life. And I mean, they are. They always have his back, no matter what. Even when he thinks they don't have his back, they really do. This is especially true with Kusuke, who Kusuo can no longer read the mind of, so he never knows if what Kusuke's doing is, like, beneficial or if it's just straight-out malicious, because Kusuke is kind of a malicious person. <laughs> or at least he seems that way. But no matter what, no matter the sibling rivalry or whatever, Kusuke will always help his little brother Kusuo. And I think that is actually really important to Kusuo, even though he never talks about it. His fifth house is in the mutable air sign Gemini. While he doesn't have any prominent placements in the fifth house, I did put Lilith here. This gives Kusuo attributes of what we would consider as the shadow side of Gemini. He can be kind of petty or two-faced. To get more specific, we have to look at the house Lilith is in, the fifth house. Now, the fifth house rules over creativity, childhood, short-term romance or flings. From what we see of child Kusuo, that fucker is kind of scary and like really, really, really powerful for a child. And that makes him even scarier. When Kusuo is really creative with his powers, it A, usually comes from quick thinking, and B, is kind of a dark way to go about solving his problems. Kusuo's threats to people can get pretty creative and twisted as well. The fifth house can also rule over fortune, and <laughs> having his Lilith in this house already puts a dark stamp on that, but it may be driven home even further by the fifth house being in Gemini, which... I don't have any, like, information I've read to back this up, but I don't really consider Gemini to be one of the more lucky signs of the Zodiac. It's ruled by Mercury, and I don't consider that very lucky. That can sometimes be more of a curse than a blessing. <laughs> Mercury has its moments. Honor in some respects, but there is a downside to everything. <laughs> 
Moving right along, we get to the sixth house of daily life, health, and responsibilities. I thought really, really long and hard about where to put his Mars sign, and it ended up in here. Kusuo is very diligent about his day-to-day -day activities because he has a set schedule that is tried and true. At the beginning of the anime, he's just riding the waves of his daily life until he eventually graduates. But as we know, that is disrupted by none other than Nendo. Eventually, Kusuo learns to adapt his daily life in such a way that keeps most of his activities whilst also minimizing how much of it is disrupted by his peers and family. That's not to say he doesn't get super fucking annoyed by them though. The sixth house also controls, as I said, health, sickness, body maintenance, etc. Anything to do with the body and its general health. And Kusuo doesn't get sick that often, but he's gotten sick a couple times in the anime. His higher immunity to sickness is said to stem from his psychic abilities. I consider anything having to do with psychic abilities or intuition, spirituality, I put it all under the influence of the water element. So his sixth house being in Cancer, a water sign, makes perfect sense to me. Alright, skipping the seventh house since we already covered it in conjunction with the first house, and jumping straight into the eighth house, Kusuo has this house in Virgo. The eighth house rules over the occult, sex, death, rebirth, and shared or unknown resources. When it comes to self-introspection, Kusuo is pretty adept. He, for the most part, understands why he and others act the way that they do. However, while Virgo is very nitpicky and precise, it lacks the vision for the bigger picture. I've put Mercury and Venus in this house because he has that precision when it comes to communication, technology, his thinking, all things Mercurian, and also love, friendship, and abundance. Part of this has to do with his psychic abilities, but once again, he lacks that bigger picture vision. Just because he knows what somebody is thinking for the most part from moment to moment he doesn't know what their end goal usually is or whatever they're trying to accomplish he can't comprehend why these relationships and why communications can serve him or even others positively while he enjoys technology in some respects he mostly considers it a joy he can't quite partake in because his telepathy spoils tv shows and movies the same could be said for his view on relationships because he always knows what his friends and family are thinking. Kusuo is very clear when he says that his psychic powers hinder his ability to live life like a human being, and having two personal planets in the 8th house could be part of what contributes to this mindset. Kusuo's 9th house in Libra and 10th house in Scorpio are both empty, so we're just gonna breeze right by them. Maybe in later episodes I'll cover Midheaven, but for now we're gonna skip it because I don't have a whole lot of knowledge about it. Maybe one day when I do have enough knowledge, you'll see me making a part two to Psyche K's birth chart. And maybe I'll include his aspects next time. We are in the home stretch now, and to be honest with you, this is going a lot quicker than I imagined it would. Moving on to Kusuo's 11th house, which is in Sagittarius. The only planet present is Pluto, which is the outermost planet in the solar system and the one that takes the longest to change signs. 
So it's a generational planet and doesn't directly affect Kuso that much. However, because the show is set in high school, all of his peers have the same Pluto. Though they may be in different houses, we can see how this affects Kusuo, since Pluto is the planet of transformation, death, rebirth, and wealth. And it's in Kusuo's 11th house of friendship, social life, and community. His peers were always destined to shake his life up. For the better, though, Sagittarius is a fun-loving, kind of partier fire sign. Kusuo needed a little fire in his life to spice things up, because other than Pluto, the only planet in a fire sign in his chart is his son in Leo and his Jupiter in Aries. However, this change is not one-sided. Kusuo's existence in his friends' lives is also a life-changing experience for them in a lot of ways. They would have never gotten stranded on that deserted island in the middle of nowhere if it wasn't because of Kusuo and his um, malfunctions. <laughs> Last but certainly not least is Kusuo's 12th house in Capricorn. Once again, we have a house that only has a generational planet present. That planet being Neptune, the planet of imagination, delusion, and spirituality. Coincidentally, Neptune is also in the house it traditionally rules. However, in Capricorn, it can be a difficult placement to have. We know that Kusuo isn't a very spiritual person as he never says he truly believes in a god, but if one exists, it definitely favors Teruhashi more than others. Kusuo doesn't outright deny that a god exists though, just that he finds it hard to believe because of his powers. He's very pragmatic when it comes to ideas he can't prove or disprove, which is a very Capricorn thing to do. He also sees a lot of spiritual things as just being scams for money, and he figures that people would use his powers as a scam for money too, which isn't entirely unfounded as a lot of the fortune tellers that Kusuo comes across in the anime are just scammers taking money from high schoolers. <laughs> but but Mikoto, I think that's how you say it. She doesn't do her fortune telling for money or anything like that. She does it to help her friends and to make friends. It's like her icebreaker because it's just a power that she was gifted with, like Kusuo. Well, that is honestly all I have for Kusuo Psyche. This episode ended up being a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. Maybe this means that in future episodes I can add more content. Anyways, please leave a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this episode, and I would love to hear feedback. This is my first ever podcast after being a very avid podcast consumer, so if there's anything you think I can do better or different, let me know. Before I sign off, I'd like to promote my social media and Patreon. Follow me on TikTok for cosplay content at Celestial Binge for more lighthearted content and spiritual content. Follow me on TikTok at Abyssal Maiden. I also have a Patreon Patreon that is launching concurrently with this podcast, so if you'd like to support me and or join the community I'm cultivating, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash celestialbench, that is B-I-N-C-H. The lowest tier is $1 and you'll get updates on me and my life, a shortened version of a monthly collective reading, and the ability to vote on a Patreon-suggested character for Astrofic each month. My name is Celeste and you've been listening to Astrofic. Tune in next time to find out why our favorite characters are like that. Bye!